Welcome back to the next part of this Truth and Rhythm episode. Be sure to subscribe to this channel. If you've already done so, please share it with friends. Also become a member by joining Truth and Rhythm on Patreon or consider donating at funkinstuff.net. Thank you so much for your interest and support. Enjoy. You mentioned some of those other bands like uh, Instant Funk and Kim Miller's been on the show. Um, and you also played with Clear and those guys have been on the show. Uh, did you have fun doing some of those projects? Oh, yeah. You see, me and Kim go way back. I mean, they're going to say I played on I Got My Mind Made Up, which was a big hit for them. And uh, he's actually, Kim is actually the producer for Lorana's record. You know? huh. So it's, it's, it's family. Hmm. Man, there's some... Great music coming out of uh, that Jersey area, huh? Oh, yeah, they have a lot of good. See, one thing with Instant Funk, when they're in their heyday, they had Big 12 as a manager. He was, he was like a Suge Knight. So it was, it was rough playing, you know, working for the mob. He said, where's so-and-so? Oh, he's out on the balcony renegotiating his contract. And you go out there to catch being hung by his thumbs over the balcony. <laughs> so, yeah, I can, I can tell you some stories. But uh, <laughs> Kim, he's great. You know, it's, he's a solid, solid guy. He's on some of my records. So uh, soon I get some time, I'm going to try to put some stuff out, you know. Just now I got to worry about being physically in shape to do this tour. Yeah, well, two knees, that's serious business right there. That's a lot of rehab. Oh, yeah. yeah, so one day at a time and one step at a time. <laughs> I want uh, viewers to know, uh, unless I'm wrong, I mean, you're credited for playing on all these great Cool in the Gang hits like um, Get Down On It, Let's Go Dancing, um, Misled, Cherish, Joanna. Right. Yeah, I mean, it's... They were as big as it gets back then. Oh, well, it's just, that's how it is. But the stuff that we got now is coming out. We've been recording at Georgia Studio. It's, it's uh, keeping up with the times. You know. Are they getting funky again? Yeah, yeah, it's funky. It's we're always going to have to keep the funk alive, you know. <laughs> That's what yeah. I like to hear. Yeah. But did, did you not play on the Ladies' Night album? No. No, that was 
that was, I think it was already out when I, because it was like, a, this is a live version of that stuff. But that was already processed, you know. But you've you uh, been, you've been in the studio with Diodato? Yeah. What, what What's he like to work with? He, like a genius. He actually did a gig with us not too long ago, like two years ago. He's a, he's funny cat, you know. But, uh, yeah, I mean, the way he learned it, you know, he had to translate from Portuguese to English and back and forth to get his degree. And, you know, he, he put the time in. Yeah, he's a good, good person. Yeah, I'm glad he's still at it. I mean, what a long, distinguished career, guys. Yeah, that's true. Um, what do you see as the funk and jazz relationship? You know, there's so much crossover between the two genres. You know, so many jazz cats went and tried funk and uh, more that way than funk going into jazz. But there certainly is that connection. How do you see the interrelationship between funk and jazz? It's like as one, you know. But see, a lot of people are sleeping the gospel because a lot of the musicians, some of the baddest cats went into gospel. You know, it's like not the market is not there. You know, even with funk, it's, you know, with funk, people seek that music. You know, it's like George Clinton, he extended his summer tour. You know, now he, he sat in with us with a big old nasty get down. So he knows all those people, you know. And then Greg, the sax player, Greg my Thomas. phone calls him all the time. Is it Greg Thomas or Greg? Yeah, Greg Thomas. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So it's a family thing, you know. It's like I played uh, with Slice's daughter, I think. What's her name? We played Long Beach Funk Fest with uh, the girl that plays a uh, Grand Central Station for a while. Patrice? Yeah, Patrice. Chaffer. Yeah. Yeah. He said, we're good friends, you know. And uh, everybody's in little pockets, you know, to have some major funk fest that they can tune into would be a great idea. But everybody's struggling because it's a different market. It's really, you know what they're going to pay attention to. You mentioned uh, in talking about George Clinton, how much do you think he was influenced by Sun Ra? Oh, he's talked to uh, I've asked him about that. He said, I, I, I dine the same place that Sun Ra does, out to lunch. <laughs> yeah. So they, they've had time. Because back when, when George was doing doo-wop, you know, so he heard about Sun Ra. When Sun Ra's living in Chicago, he would go out to the park and all of these people would come up and ask him the, the strangest stuff, what's the, the world way and all this stuff, and he'd always answer them. So one time they had an argument, this one band said, well, Sun Ra, you know so much, why don't you bring my dead sister back? Bring my dead sister back. He said, okay, if you promise to carry her on stilts, 
for the rest of her life is, is oh, dang, I can't get you again. <laughs> yeah. Wow. I mean, talk about an unconventional thinker. Um, oh, yeah. You know, yeah. if it was um, times when uh, we did a, we were traveling on a tour of Europe on train. And some, some of us said, fellas, I want everyone to have 13 cents in their pocket to show that we are united. And this is like when I had a, when Pico got his voodoo doll. That's a whole history. Because uh, when he bought the thing, he said, no, this is too powerful for you. But I know there's someone that is, you know, is powerful enough to have it. So Pico came and bought a little voodoo that he kept in a wicker basket and told about Sunma. Sunma went and bought the statue, which is like, like a four-foot statue on it. And looked sometimes it looked like it was looking at you. So anyway, we're, we're going to, I think, Amsterdam. And it's one of those train stations where they, this train stops, you get up, and it goes. It backs up or something. And we thought that the equipment was still on there. So some of us said, well, Pico wants to talk to your voodoo doll. So he says something, and, it caught, and the train comes back. That's mean Pe Pico had the power then. <laughs> so there's a tennis, tennis sax player, Kenny Williams, that played in the band. He was always, you know, getting drunk and getting late. I mean, I've seen him the first time in the red light, this red light district in Amsterdam. He fell to his knees and pulled out $200 and the girl in the window shut the curtain on. So, anyway, he's trying to sneak back to Amsterdam while we're in Utrecht. And he's walking down the hallway. Big cat, he got his bag and his horn. And son was watching him said, and he asked, he asked Kenny where he's going. Where are you going? He said, uh, uh, I'm going for a walk. He said, what's your horns? Somebody to confiscate his passport. So he said, I'm going to call the voodoo man on you. Somebody calls the voodoo man. The cat says, ah, yes, I understand there's one that does not listen. It'll take me three days. A day to make it, a day to find out where you are, and a day to send. So on the third day, I think we're in Genoa, Italy or something. Sunmar gives the cat a single room. About 12 o'clock at night, the guitar player, Bright Moments, he wakes up with this nightmare trying to get some sunrise room. He said, don't come in here. <laughs> so Kenny, he's sleeping. And the shutters open up, and he feels what they call the witch ride in your back. He feels it, and he's getting ready to turn over. His voice of his dead father comes on and say, Kenny, whatever you do, don't turn over around. <laughs> so the next day, we come down to breakfast. Kenny's got a suit and tie on. Good morning, gentlemen. May I help you with your luggage? <laughs> It was a complete transmission. So that's just one story. 
Wow. Mm -hmm. So that made you a believer, huh? I, I can't deny what I've seen, you know. How, how, how logistically, you know, how were so many musicians, um, you know, how did they all travel around the world? You know, how, how was that paid for? You know, I mean, it's such a big group, the orchestra. Well, I know because, you know, like big bands like Disney had his grants, you know, when he goes, he was rich, you know. So it was the people just seeking the music, you know. I mean, I've been both the tour bus all around New York for years. And then it's sort of flying places, you know. It's just like now, it's like, I don't know how many people on the gig for London, but you know, I'm away from my flight information now. Travel is so expensive now. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's unbelievable what they're doing. But uh, that's how it is. It's it's been written. So it's been written. That's for sure. Well, it's so great that it's continued. You know, and with all the members of the group because especially in the 80s so many groups like really cut down on personnel because it was so expensive and electronics came in and what? you know started using uh electronic drums and keyboards for horns and all that kind of stuff right i know that's your competition you know i'm 69 years old and you got a 20 year old that plays his ass off sight reads dances, plays keyboard, sings, you know. You know so I do the gig for $200 a week. <laughs> so it's, but uh, it's the spirit of the music that keeps everybody here. That's what it is. Because it's, it's not about making no money. It's all yeah. the spirit of the music. And, but you just got, but you still got to eat, you know. Right, that's true. And that's yeah. why I know I've been blessed because, you know, I have all this going on, you know. And that's a blessing, you know. If I can be a blessing to somebody, you know, that's what it is. When did you start the Cosmic Crew and how does that differ from the orchestra? Well, it's uh, the Cosmic Crew actually started when I was in Vermont. We did a a gig at the Dartmouth College. And uh, Don Glasgow, the trombone player, was a director for the Barbary Coast Jazz Ensemble. He was one of the first people, members of the Cosmic Crew, Steve Ferraris, percussionist, and Adam Clipper was a young kid going to school up there. You know. And then Stacy Starkweather was up there. So we started the band and uh, we were able to tour, we went to Europe, and it's, it's the music. We play a lot of Sun Ra arrangements. I did a tribute to Sun Ra in a Burlington Jazz Festival. So they know the music. Yeah. Yeah, it's been a little souped up, as <laughs> a sure. So, uh, but then uh, the connection with the New Orleans. So then we merged and put on this live at Jimmy's concert with a couple members of the group Fish, who 
good friends of mine, you know. And we've been doing some other stuff, you know. Yeah, Trey Anastasia is great cat, you know. You say that it was down New Orleans. Uh, I said, Trey, why don't you tell some people about it? He said, oh, it's already done. I told four people. So we get to this sound check. There's a line around the corner. <laughs> people sitting out waiting. So it's like, it's like, you ever hear that record live at Gibbons? It's fun thing. It's been 25 years since you know, that's happened, but they still talk about it. He's an incredible guitar player. Is he about as good of a guitar player as, as you've played with? Oh, yeah. He's good. He's been studying. It's like there's certain things I was showing in the Sunrise Club. He said I had to go into this Indian raga type chance, you know, because it's a whole different way playing with that, you know. He's very talented. Even the Mike Gordon and Arden catches, they're bad, you know. I remember, like, one time I went out to the house. Uh, oh, that's my bird clock. <laughs> so I went out in the house, and the door locked behind me, and I got caught in a marsh pit, you know, at their gigs. And it, it, it yeah. Well, I remember. <laughs> yeah, so. Uh, my hat's off to them. Hats off to bare naked ladies also. Because it's great cats, you know. I was like, one time during the pandemic, some man, I'm too broke to pay attention. He sent me a couple bucks. You know, he's one of the most influential musicians in Canada, Canada. You know, Kevin Hearn. So he's he always has my support. And what is your U2 credit? We actually had a, a a private party, a private show at the Apollo. They had set up a scrim, and we were on a catwalk behind the scrim. And in the queue, they dropped the scrim, and it's like it James Carter and all. A lot of cats, you know. So, wonder where that is. It was great, you know, and it, they. Treated us like kings, you know. So, and they've had people like, you know, when you're walking, what is it? Walking like this, you need tickets. I need two tickets. I need five tickets. And it was sold out, you know. Scalpers. Yeah, yeah. Not a politically correct term anymore, right? Huh? Not a politically correct term anymore, I'm sure. Right. Yeah. That's for sure. <laughs> Yeah. Um, what's uh, what's one or two of your favorite um, compositions to play live? Well, my own. I mean, was it a Champions, which I wrote in New Orleans for the Saints when they were the Aints. You know, people would come to the to the games wearing paper bags over their heads. Before Katrina, yeah. Yeah. And then I was down there when they were coming back with the trophy. And they kept handing the trophy out the windows and people can rub it and say, she lucky you didn't get ripped off. 
<laughs> but yeah, that and it's a, it's a constant influx of music. It's like I want to do this song funk if I know. I mean, funk has a darker side, which uh, we try to put together in New Orleans, but I just found the chart and had it charted. And so, you know, there's a lot of music to play, that's for sure. Is there a favorite, cool, is there a favorite cool in the gang song for you to play? Would it be the one where you get your solo or something else? Well, we, we don't play Victory. I've just seen a video of that. You know, there's a lot of steps. It reminds me when I had knees. But uh, plus, I, I'm so used to playing Jungle Boogie. That's the only solo I get. So just, just add some stuff. It's fresh. I mean, all the songs are, you know, we're playing for a long time. So. But Open Sesame is, is one that, because that's a challenge. Yeah. Who's who's playing keys now uh, on something like Summer Madness? Oh, Curtis Williams. We call him Fitz. He's our musical director. Plus, he's a hellacious alto player. So sometimes we'll have the four horns. You know, believe me, he's playing his ass off. I'll try to send you some stuff. You know, like a yeah, full show or something. That'd be great. I would love that. All right. Um, I always love Summer Madness Live, especially. You know, it's a favorite. Yeah. Well, we still do that. I like to ask guests, Michael, to share with me and share with viewers their five. If you could only have five albums to listen to, none that you played on, but by other people, what would be your five top records? None that I played on. Well, you got to love Supreme. Most of this uh, chant from dead people. That's fine. They don't love. have to be living. They don't have to be living. Oh, okay. This is all-time albums. It could go back to the 60s, whenever. Yeah, you got to be Clifford Brown, Wayne Shorter, you know, all of that stuff. I, I try to play often. Because, believe me, I've forgotten a lot in the music. I've forgotten so much music. But that'll keep you fresh. I mean, even the Nat Adderley, you know, it's like I listened to Arturo Sandoval and Faddish and James McDonald and I listened to Whitney. I listened to everybody, you know, it's like, but see, it's like some of us said you have to train your ear to nature. This to the birds. This to the, and Spike used to say, "Cool, this to the birds." <laughs> so there's something to that, you know. Just the sounds, you know. I noticed because since my hearing is fading, you know, I, I just just do the frequencies and tones, you know. And that's if you ever get a chance, look at a book called The Cosmic Octaves. It's a uh, origin of harmony which dealt with the planets emotions this uh, it's called the cosmic octave yeah so that's i have a lot of my thesis based on that when i get the time to finish it but uh it's so much me i mean i love this 
the Chris Neffel is a snarky puppy. Yeah, I play with Chris. He's he's a player, you know. I like those new groups like them and Galactic and uh, Lettuce. I mean, they got real yeah, horns yeah. and they're good, you know. Yeah, I'm gonna try to get in touch with uh, Stanton. I think I'm on what his record's called. Oh, all cooked out or something. Yeah, he's a good drummer. Oh, really? Yeah. Uh, I got to see his trio play in LA one time. Really good. Yeah. Um, what what would you tell somebody who maybe has not gotten familiar with Sun Ra? You know, what's a, a good way for them to kind of dip their foot in the water, you think? There's a record called, let's see, it's got enlightenment on it. It's, what's the name of it? Oh, actually, this, this is the one I missed. It's uh yeah, angels and demons in play, Astro Black. Hold it up a little higher. What's the name of the uh, CD itself? Swirl. Yeah, here somewhere. Okay, what year is that? Yeah, it just came out. It was oh. nominated for a Grammy, but I think Christian McBride won. Yeah, that's one way. Enlightenment. You know, it's. I tell you, I, I can't remember the name of the tune, the, the album. Is there a project that you're the most proud of, Michael? Well, I'm proud of that. I did. Uh, I wrote a song called "Crips Waltz for My Knees" because uh, when I tore my tendon. I was on the road with Sunrise, and we did two more shows with my leg on a piano bench. And until the pain said, I go home. And, and I went to the studio and recorded uh, something called Crips Waltz. I'm proud of that one because the first note is you feel the pain. Ah! <laughs> yeah. But uh, I've been working with you know, some people over in a Java. And uh, we're all instrument makers, you know. So I'm proud of that stuff. And you know, all the cool in the gang stuff is, is that's through the test of time, you know. And hopefully, uh, my wife's record will see in the test of time. It's, it sounds good. Yeah. So she's kind of a jazz singer and she also sings with Cosmic Crew, right? Yes. She's from, uh, it's called the Phipps family in Newark. They're the, the first uh, family of jazz out of Newark. So she has a, she's been singing a long time. And I'll tell you what, as long as she's singing, she's happy. And I'm <laughs> I would I would say one of the differences I noticed, I guess, with Cosmic Crew versus orchestras, there's a little more funk in the mix with Cosmic Crew, right? Oh, definitely, you know. Yeah. But uh, some of us, there's a lot of songs that he has that are really funky. 
Yeah, you know but it's, it's basically straight ahead jazz. But then he takes the sides, <laughs> so it's a combination of all that stuff. You know, what, what mean, do you I, even that record you talk about languidity? You know, you have tons of songs like that. So your son-in-law, he would write a song, and sometimes he just name it by whatever day it is. And then it was like, sometimes he said, well, that's the day where we have a song like this from last year. We'll call this one 1924 uh, A. So he's got over 100 songs called Discipline. You know, so the man cannot live without discipline. That smacks me in the face all the time. So I tell my son, he's 17. Oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> uh, what, what, yeah. What, what, what do you think uh, was Sun Ra's uh, greatest talent out of everything? I think to bypass death. He would always try to die, bypass death. You know, he, you know, it's, the music I've heard from him is like, even with June Tyson singing and the, the combination he would put together would move people all around the world. Yeah. If you look at some of the footage from a, a live in, under the sky in Japan, yeah. even the stuff he's doing in East Berlin, you know, I mean, when the wall was up, you know, we were there. You know, then when it came down, people from the East Berlin would come over and look in the store windows. You had fresh fruit and cassette players. And, you know, it's, you know, it's like, so that, uh, that made it, that was a big impact, you know, because he's got some fans all around the world, but, you know, especially in Germany. We did a festival in, in Germany and uh, pouring down rain over the sunrise stage, it was the sun was shining. All the critics really, they couldn't believe that. Mm. You know. So, I've seen some, you know, when you look at sunrise, you see that glimmer in his eye, he's smiling and yeah, that's worth it. Wow. Did, did he look down his nose at all at you doing something like Cool in the Gang, or did he care? Or Oh, yeah. He was, you know, I so said, you're over to the human thing. You know, I've had times when he, look, I, I was cool, and we had a gig in Pittsburgh, so I decided I wanted to fly to the gig. And I got there late. So when I walk in the club, Sunrise still on stage, the band's already eating. And I go to help him off the stage. He said, this ain't no rock and roll band. <laughs> and, and he just, bam, right in my chest. And he hits hard. So that night, the band was called Sunrise Orchestra Plus Victim. Because he would always change the name of the band. And I took it like parental guidance. Because, I mean, there's so many. Back then, I was like, it's almost 
I remember him firing uh, Al Evans. And Al Evans, he was going to be in Chicago. And somebody was playing a solo part, and Al Evans, he asked somebody, you got a cigarette? You know, hollering off the stand. And so somebody, he said, there's a big lake out there, fellas. <laughs> and uh, his manager, Alton Abraham, he says, uh, don't worry, Sonny, I'll talk to him. So he, they corner him, and Al Evans said, you know, I want you to go home and read your Bible and pull out this long-ass 45. He said, what did I do? He said, it's not what you did, it's what you might do. You go home and read your Bible, you know, and that's the last time I've seen <laughs> Yeah, so. Yeah, he's, he had to rehearse. It, it's gotten lax because, you know, there's no real enforcer. Marshall used to be the first one to say, hey, my band is the creator's band. You know, so there was no enforcer. We had to rehearse, you know. If you're living at the house, you know, you had to rehearse. Simple. So. And what about the visual aspect of the presentation? The visual aspect of presentation? Yeah, live. The, you know, the costumes and, yeah, things like that. I mean, did, did he pick that stuff out or did he leave a leeway for you guys to pick out certain things or? Well, when I first got with Sunrise, he was like, he said, put this on. I said, it looks like a, a curtain. No, you got it on backwards. You got it. <laughs> so, you know. And yeah, there is a lot of influence from with the Cosmic Crew on apparel because he's, he's from like the menstrual time. It's about people come to see you, not just hear you. And, uh, that's a uh, modus operandi that I've maintained. You know. yeah. How did you injure your knees? Was it uh, on, you know, performing or just happened or what? Well, I've had throughout the years, I've had slips on stage and the wet stage and just severed my tendon. You know, I've had basketball injuries. I've had you know, and a lot of it comes from as a kid, my cousin used to put me in figure fours all the time. We used to wrestle and stuff, you know. So they've been they've been through a bit. Mm. But you know, you know it's, a, it's a new thing because the nerve endings trying to communicate through plastic and titanium, that's where I'm at right now. So my, my leg won't, my left leg will lock up. I, I have to lift it up myself. So all I can do is tell do what they tell me to do. So I do that every day. I mean, I have to, else I'll stiffen up. Yeah, I can relate. I had a hip done a few years ago and it's, you know, still not like it was before, you know. Uh, right. And I've heard stories of people that had, Knee replacement out playing soccer? <laughs> Not I. Yeah. yeah. 
So uh, any advice for young horn player out there, maybe who uh, might want to try jazz or funk music? Play what you, since a lot of people, they'll be humming an internal song and don't know it. So try to play what you hear yourself humming. You know, just the groove. Just pay attention to the tempo and the, the intervals of the notes that you play. So it's a pleasant thing. It's like going to a, a safe house. You know, and just keep the flow going. Because every person is a very spiritual person, you know, and it's just to lock it all together. Yeah. Just so much. So you have to be able to emulate whatever you hear while you're hearing it. And I've, it's a part of the music. It's part of the sunrise tradition. You know, because sometimes the music is, you see the music, but you still have to play what you feel. Yeah. So, it works so well out. And just keep practicing. <laughs> if you, you get one part right, do it again. Do, do you also play flugelhorn or, or flute or anything else? Or? Yeah, flugelhorn. I got a, a, a flumpet over here somewhere. But it's always been trumpet, you know. I play at keyboards. This is the neighborhood. Yeah, I got some drums here. Yeah. Yeah. And that's my wife's keyboard. So. And a gold, what's that gold record for? Uh, that's some cool stuff. There's one over there is a fish thing. About that. Something I do with fish. There's okay. a lot of fish. Oh, yeah. So, as one album right there? Yeah, this is a lot I'm missing. <laughs> That's good. So, how can people, uh, you know, keep up with what you got coming, where you're going to be, new music, all that good stuff? Well, let's go to the Cosmic Crew. Uh, the website, for one thing. But I'm getting ready to revamp that because, you know, I really haven't heard anything coming bouncing back. So it's a couple months I'll be able to get something together because there's so much stuff I got to put it all in one spot. So go to the website and are you going yes. to uh, be doing dates, you think, throughout the rest of the year or? Well, it's the cooling again calendar runs all to December 18th. So I, I'm just looking at this now, you know. This. Now, I'll see what happens. You doing any of those uh, cruises? No, I don't think so. Las Vegas at all? Yeah, my wife mentioned something about Vegas. I haven't seen that on the itinerary. And then they're always trying to work on getting a residency there, but I've heard, you know. But I'll, I'll try to send you the schedule and stuff. Yeah. 
Yeah. Send it over and uh, we'll keep our eyes out and our ears open as always. And, you know, I appreciate you taking the time to speak with me and share your stories with the audience. And thanks for all the music over the years too, Michael. Thank you. Yeah. Keep listening. I hope you enjoyed this episode of Truth and Rhythm. A big thank you goes out to our guest as well as to you, the viewer and listener. Also, much gratitude to Pleasure for supplying the show's funky opening and closing music. As a reminder, you can always access the complete list of linked shows by episode at funkinstuff.net. I urge you to support this program and receive the extra benefits along with that by subscribing to the Funk and Stuff channel on YouTube and sharing it with funk, R&B, and jazz lovers, joining Truth and Rhythm's membership program at Patreon, submitting a donation at funkandstuff.net, buying Everything is on the One, the first guide to funk book at Amazon, shopping at the Funky Things store for cool merchandise at funkandstuff.net, and linking through funkandstuff.net for all of your Amazon purchases. In addition, if you're an artist or anyone seeking proven, results-oriented, professional marketing, PR, writing, or editing consultation or production, check out the Media Services section at funkinstuff.net. Also, I encourage you to drop me a line at scottg at funkinstuff.net. I love the feedback, suggestions, guest requests, appearance and sponsorship inquiries, and just talking about my favorite subject, groove-based music. For now... And as always, this is Scott Dr. GX Wolfine saying, keep on keep vibing, on vibing to the rhythm of the one.